Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. One of our, our most favorite uh, guests in terms of feedback, response, I consider him a friend of the show and a friend, uh, Dr. David Wilcox is joining us. Uh, he's one of these people that I think really empowers others. That's the response we get from listeners. And uh, always love what he brings and helps, helps people. I, I think, uh, David, there's very few fields where people feel less empowered uh, than in healthcare. I mean, you really feel like they're victims, almost like cattle uh, type treatment is what they feel like. And you really empower people, and you raise important questions that I think all of us as consumers should be asking what you're going to be doing today. But before we get into that, a little bit more about you and your practice, and make sure you give uh, the, the best website. The more websites you give, the less likely they'll go to any. That's the rule of thumb in, in uh, uh, the best website for people to learn more about you and what you do. Sure. So I'm a doctorate-prepared nurse. Um, I started my journey early on. Uh, I have a handicapped daughter, and I, I was a bad child, so I had a child when I was 17, dropped out of high school. Um, and I took her around to various appointments, and what I saw was a lot of very compassionate clinicians, but a system that did not allow them to operate efficiently. Um, and so when I got downsized in manufacturing, I decided, hey, I'm going to be a nurse. Um, that decision cost me my first marriage, but, you know, there are starter marriages, and uh, I guess that was one of them. Um, so I started going to school. Um, got my GED, got my LPN, went to RN school, and then um, eventually moved from Syracuse to Greensboro, North Carolina, where I was a float nurse and had the opportunity to, uh, to resolve crisis situations in the emergency department. So they asked me if I would run the hospital at night. So then I said yes. I had to go back and get my four-year degree. And from there, I went on to my master's and eventually my doctorate. Um, but I did all that because... I want to make an impact in the way that people who are listening to this call get their care. I want people to understand that you hire your medical team, not the other way around. And if you've got a doctor who talks down to you and doesn't listen to you, then it's time to find another doctor. Um, but not a lot of people know that. Like this is this great vacuum of knowledge in healthcare for the person who's receiving it, unless you're trained in the medical profession. So I wrote a book called How to Avoid Being a Victim of the American Healthcare System as a manual for you to use to be proactively educated because you're going to enter the healthcare system at some point. It's just, a, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And the people who aren't proactively educated are the ones that tend to get hurt in those situations. So I'm here to help you on your healthcare journey. You can access me at drdavidhelps, drdavidhelps.com. Um, you can find me on social media, the same handle. Um, and there, I've got free healthcare resources. A lot of the stuff we're going to talk about here, you can get access to by signing up for my, um, for my mailing list. So that's me, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, we'll have a link to this article and interview with your website links over at PricesOfBusiness.com. Make sure you check that out after the, uh, after the uh, interview. Uh, okay, let's jump into the AI, which is, you know, everywhere between in terms of perceptions as a panacea, heroic, life-changing, to ominous, dark, dystopian. <laughs> and then there's a whole plethora of views in between those two extremes. 
And, of course, we hear a lot in the healthcare space. We are getting, and in fact, I'm so glad you brought it up because we've had people uh, who and uh, emailing us and contacting us really primarily through social media asking about this topic. And I'm so glad that you're uh, bringing it up. Um, but they're not asking about what you're talking about, but I think it's really important. They're, they want to know about, you know, how real is the panacea effect that, that uh, people are hoping for, you know, those kind of questions. And I get that. And it does have a lot of promise uh, in certain areas, uh, but it does have a, a dark side. Why don't you just set the, set the stage for us? Yeah, so um, artificial intelligence is a great unknown, right? Uh, we're going to trust a computer to make decisions, especially around healthcare. So um, everybody should be taking notice of it. Um, but I think it's going to be game-changing done in the right way. Like it can speed up clinical trials, which means we're going to get uh, more treatments out faster. Uh, it can recognize when a patient's deteriorating. So let's say uh, I'm on a 12-hour shift and it's my 11th hour. I may not be as sharp as when I came in that morning or that evening. And so all of a sudden my patient starts to have some changes, which are signs of sepsis or a blood infection. The artificial intelligence can say, hey, David, you need to go check this patient. You need to pull these labs because it looks like your patient is developing sepsis. So things like that we're excited about, right? The other things that it can do is for the clinician, it can actually write the doctor's notes. So the doctor has more time to spend with you and just has to review it and sign the note off. But with any new technology, we've got to watch the players. Um, so, you know, you take, for instance, the insurance companies, right? I know we talk, spend a lot of time talking about insurance companies, but it's very important for you to understand that business model. Insurance companies like to take your money, but they don't necessarily want to pay it out when you go to get coverage. And they are the people who decide what gets paid for and not get paid for. And so recently, as of last month, in fact, there was a class action suit filed against Humana, um, and the previous month there was a class action suit filed against United Healthcare. Both of these organizations are using a tool called NH Predict, which was developed by a company called Nava Health, which is a subsidiary of United Healthcare. And what this tool does is it jams through all these denials for healthcare in a rapid fashion. So a, they're saving on personnel, right? Because they don't have the, they don't have to pay personnel to do it. And B, they're finding that 90% of the cases that these things are wrongfully denying care to average Americans, elderly Americans who are on Medicare Advantage programs. And if you've followed anything that Kevin and I have done, you know my thoughts on Medicare Advantage programs. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm very vocal. Tell me how you that. really feel. No, we'll say that for a future segment, but we have brief segments already on that. But it's, people need to know. Yes, definitely. Um, so, and we could do a whole segment on that. We have probably two or three. But, um, you know, they're denying yeah. care for elderly and disabled patients. These guys don't know what to do. I mean, they're, you know, they're not getting their care. Um, there's, uh, I talk about a case scenario in here. Um, where a woman is taking care of her over 100-year-old father, and she got denied his rehab after a broken hip within, like, minutes because these machines crank it out and just deny care. Um, and so that's, the, that's why there's a class action suit. But behind that is they're using artificial intelligence just to drive their profits up and deny care to the average American who is paying for health care. Um, or the government is paying for health care. It's just a racket. And, you know, and so there have to be some guidelines. Well, we can 
see how it's going to be used in the clinical space. These players are downright the devil. I mean, they're just take, they're denying care um, to people who need it. And, and people, unless they've read my book or unless they're proactively educated, they don't know what to do next. Yeah, it's, it's like a default for these industries, and the computers are trained according to the default, which is deny, 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 and then eventually get forced to do it. You know, and it's incredible the sheer number of people who are just simply compliant. Those people are dying because, you know, they, that's just their personality, right, David? They are dying being compliant. Right. And, and the other thing that I neglected to add to that was, when employees go against these AI prediction models, they get terminated. At both organizations, that's happened, where they, you know, they want to give care to the person and they go against the recommendations from this NH predict model, AI model, and they end up getting disciplined and terminated. Um, that's in that class action suit. So it's, so think about that for a second, Kevin. You know, you're a, you're a person that goes into work every day and you're, reading these things about people who need care and you really want to give them the care, but you're, the AI is telling you that you can't and therefore you have to continue to deny stuff that you know shouldn't be denied. I mean, that's got to be one of the worst jobs to ever have. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine. And this is even worse still. Think about it because you've got to pretend that you're interested in helping them get it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They'll give you tons of rhetorical hope. You know, and, oh, yeah, this is obviously you need this. Let me begin to talk to the appropriate people. We'll get this thing moving and nothing happens. We, we hear that all the time. Oh, yeah. I, I talk about when I was settling my uh, ANSA state, um, I had a problem with, with United Healthcare, and which I was trying to get them to pay for her IV supplies. Um, you know, she had cancer, so she had to have IV supplies um, and and they were denying it like crazy. And so I, I called in and I said, and now I have medical training. So I call in and I say, hey, I need to talk to somebody about this denial. Oh, uh, that person's out for a week. Can you call back next week? That's because the right person isn't here. So I call back the next week. I wait on hold for about 45 minutes and get disconnected. And so I'm having dinner up there um, with a doctor friend of mine. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with these people. Like, this is the last thing to close off this estate. And he goes, oh, that's easy. He said, call the state senator's office. And I said, what? And I, he said, yeah, call the state senator's office. He said, you'll get this resolved. And so I did. I called the state senator's office in New York, and um, I talked to an aide within like 30 seconds. And I told him what was going on. And the aide said to me, oh, yeah, we got a guy over there, no problem. And so within a week, I got notice that it was approved, right? And then a, a week later, I, I got a check. But the average person doesn't know to do that. And, you know, yeah. they don't know you can Not pick up the phone. Not even Dr. Wilcox. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's insane, right? It's just insane yeah. the, the hoops they make you jump through. And these people denying your care, they don't have any medical training. It never gets in front of a yeah. clinician. They just are told to deny it, so they do. And they hope you go away and pay the bill. It's horrible. It really is horrible. Frankly, you know, you and I have had many conversations. I'm kind of an oddball, you know, uh, David, uh, for many reasons, according to my wife. But in this particular space, um, I'm kind of an oddball because I'm a, I'm a real free market guy. Uh, but, well, you know, I think that free market does make healthcare better, more competitive, 
Yes, but this isn't a free market healthcare. This is a crony capitalistic healthcare system that begs to become socialized. It's yeah. I think social, you know I think a, a well payer system would be catastrophic on innovation in this country. But we continue to drive that path because of an old cliche I learned from a boss, a salesman when I was in many years ago. He said, "Remember, Kevin, pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered." And a healthcare system is driven by hawks. I, absolutely. Um, now, you know, that being said, there are great clinicians in the healthcare system. But the system yeah. in and of itself is, is really, really bad. I mean, we're seeing venture capitalists buy hospitals, and they're buying hospitals just to make a profit. There's one here in North Carolina that's being sued in Asheville. It's an HCA property. Um, because the care has gone down, they've slashed staff. Uh, they're just trying to drive a bottom line. They don't, they don't have any ethics or morals around your care. And that's another, thing, another reason why you should go to drdavidhelps.com because I have a rating tool for hospitals. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid rate hospitals from one to five, five being the best, one being the worst. And that's public knowledge for you. And so before you go to any hospital, you can go out and use this tool that I, that I give you one-click access to to look at your hospital or look at your, your outpatient surgical center and find out what their quality ratings are. Stay away from the twos, you know, stay but threes are questionable, but if you can get to a five, that's the place to go. Cause that's somebody who's finally figured out the customer experience or the patient experience, which by the way is, is becoming more and more important to organizations. So there's going to be a shift over the next couple of years around that. Um, artificial intelligence is going to be a part of that, but used in the correct way, not used to undermine your care and drive profits into investors' pockets. Yeah, no question about it. No question about it. So talk a little bit about, you know, the needs, the needs to know, if you will. That's not very good grammar, but I know you know what I mean uh, for the listener. Yeah, so the need to know is um, if you're, let's say, if you're a patient – and your doctor puts down a little machine and says, hey, I'm, I'm going to let this machine record our conversation, um, that's a good thing, okay? Because what that machine is going to do, it's going to take everything that you're saying and the doctor's saying and write his note for him so that he, so everything is recorded properly in your chart. The doctor's job is to review it um, and sign it off. But this is new technology. Not a lot of people have seen this, so people are a little bit like, what? You want to record the entire conversation? That's a good thing. So um, your nurse comes in and, uh, you know, and they're texting somebody. Chances are they're texting somebody about your medical condition. Um, we have lots of solutions out there that are using some artificial intelligence that allow them to access the care team instead of going down the hall, trying to find out the doctor who's on call, picking up the phone. So when you see those kind of things, ask questions. Hey, what do you, you know, are you texting your kids? You know, and they'll tell you, no, we're, I'm texting your doctor. I saw a change here. So those are two of the most important things, I think, from the patient perspective. Um, if, you get denied, if you get denied an insurance claim, go after it. 90% of the time, they settle in your favor. 45% when you do the um, internal review, get settled in your favor. And if you do an external review, which is usually a state agency that looks at what the insurance company is trying to do and what you're trying to do, um, then it gets resolved 90% of the time in the favor of the patient. But only 5% of Americans ever go after a denial um, and challenge it. So 
with that information, uh, you, can, you can use the same technology to go after them um, and get your, get your health care paid for. This just shows you, though, David, how profitable it is for them to be so difficult, right? It's proof. Because often when the state does get involved, they're looking at additional penalties that can sometimes be prohibitive, and they don't care because of the profit margins, knowing that so many people won't contact the state agency. That's correct. Um, and that's exactly it. Not enough Americans are doing it. They're just laying down and taking it. I mean, what they hope is that, that once you get your denial, you'll just go away. Um, you know, insurance companies hope that you live a very healthy lifestyle and uh, drop dead because that way they don't have to pay a lot on your care, right? It's the people who get into yeah. situations where they need chemotherapy or um, inpatient rehab, such as this 100-year-old gentleman did, and which they denied the care within just a few minutes of getting the request. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, but they continue to do this. They continue to be unregulated, and they continue this model because it's been successful for them in the past. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so you hear all the time, particularly from uh, conservatives, and again, I'm right of center. There's no question about it. I'm kind of right of center with the libertarian street, but I'm not so naive to think that, that businesses have my best interest. But you'll hear the conservatives talk all the time about uh, socialized medicine, horror stories, and they're true. Father in England, uh, my mom is from England, uh, was from England. My grandfather, when he passed away, uh, essentially you could see from the news that an economic decision made that because of the fact that he was retired and was no longer an income producer and he was such an old age, it didn't make sense to do certain things for him. <laughs> and you hear that, he goes, That's horrible. We do it, we may use different polemics, but we do the same type of things here. And it's market-driven, right. not state-driven. Yep, definitely. And I had, the, um, I had the luxury of going to Austria and Germany while I was working on my master's in healthcare administration to see the system. And, you know, there are trade-offs for that kind of a system. Sometimes you have to wait. Sometimes you're held more accountable, which we don't like in the United States. So you need a liver transplant, but you've been drinking since you were 12 years old. Um, you know, and what are you going to do when you get your new liver? You're going to continue drinking. I mean, we don't have that kind of accountability of here. Right. <laughs> we don't have that kind of accountability. So people are like, it's a change. People are scared of it. There are, you know, there are trade-offs. I mean, you can definitely hold down your pharmaceutical costs under a socialized model a lot better than you can under our model. Um, but, you know, there's wait lists. There's all that kind of stuff. Um, Canada's not a real good example of socialized medicine. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, well, it is a true hardcore single-payer system. Um, I think there should be some private. The British model, what, about less, a little less than 10% of Brits have private insurance. They also have access to government ones. That private insurance forces the government ones to at least stay a little more competitive, right? Canadian model doesn't allow that. You're not rich. Right. You're not coming to the U.S. You're not getting a hit that would take four years to get in, uh, in Canada. Uh, it, it's it's really uh, a very uh, rich person-driven system in Canada, ironically, in an inverted, backwards sort of way. But, yeah, there's problems with all of them. But I get tired of the romantic system without our system. And, yes, 90% of all innovation comes from the United States. We would probably – I would like to see that continue. But that could continue 
without the cronyistic approach that we have now. We don't have to have a approach like Europe has. It makes it almost impossible for new drugs to even get to market. Um, you know, we can have a third way. But good luck with that. Again, pigs get <laughs> pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. They're they're going to get their their due the way they do things. Final thoughts. We went a little over, but guess what? When you're on, that's to do. Right. And while you know, while we won't solve all healthcare in our um, 20 minutes that we have, but you know, the the thing about artificial intelligence is it is going to help. It's just got to be regulated to the degree, and um, we have to watch out for players like the insurance companies who are going to abuse it. Um, so as a medical professional and somebody who's worked in healthcare information technology for about 15 years, um, I'm looking forward to what it's going to do, um, given the proper prescriptive methodology. I'm looking forward to what it's going to do for people and, you know, for helping us understand diseases um, in a more rapid fashion and bring cures out in a more rapid fashion. Um, but, you know, like I said, we, we're going to have some of those players and we're going to find insurance companies who are going to abuse it. Um, and that's really the key message I think I'd like to drive home today. Give that time, David. I'm sorry? Give that website one more time. Okay, it's drdavidhelps.com. DrDavidHelps.com. It's real quick. It's a one-pager. You can access the book there. You can sign up for the newsletter there, and I'll immediately send you a free resource guide. It gives you one-click access to a lot of things we've been talking about on, these, on this series. Yes, phenomenal work. And his book is off the chart amazing. Nice reading. And so empowering we need in this area. I am Kevin Price. Always love having you on, David. You are listening to the Nationally Syndicated Price of Business show. Stay tuned for more after this.